Okay, here we go. First ever Love What You Do Bristol podcast. Um, this one we talked to Dr. David Bernhard from the School of Computer Science. We talk about how he got into it, the progression of computer science over for however many years, where certain stereotypes come from, and we end up talking about student well-being at the end as well. Um, give it a listen. Let us know what you think. Uh, we're on Twitter at LWYD underscore UOB. Um, definitely check out David's Best of Bristol lecture on the BILT website. Um, it's on cybersecurity. It's fascinating and will make you want to change every single password that you've ever created. Uh, yeah, and enjoy. David. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a teaching fellow in computer science, so my current focus is really on just teaching. I've not done research for a while. I'm also a senior tutor in the department, so I have a big role in supporting our students and looking after them a bit. Okay. Well, how, how did you get into computer science to begin with? Like, were you a child and you were like, this is what I want to do? Or... Was it, did it come to you later in life? What kind of, what what prompted you to start in studying it? Yeah. I, as a child, this was still, I think we were about the last generation which didn't grow up with computers as a thing. Yeah, Dad yeah. had one at work, and mm -hmm. when I was a bit older, he had a marvellous new thing called a laptop, which he brought home, <laughs> and it was like the size of a suitcase. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> but we didn't actually have one at home until mm -hmm. fairly late. And we didn't get the internet until I was well into my teenage years. Right, yeah. So uh, what actually prompted me to study it was that I did a degree in mathematics mm -hmm. because that was what I was good at at school. And that was what all the bullies at school were not good at. So right. I figured if I studied that, <laughs> I might get out of that kind of thing. And that, yep. that was a very successful strategy. Um and then in my second year, we had some optional units mm -hmm. and I took some related to computing and found that I really enjoyed them. Yeah. And around that time, I got really interested in security. Um, so I took some units in cryptography, which is part of computer science. Yeah. And I really liked that. Um, and then I actually didn't straight go into a PhD. I went away to work as a software developer to earn some money for a bit. Okay. And... After a year or so, I decided this is nice, but it's not what I want to be doing for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. So I looked around and I got a PhD in Bristol and became okay. a computer scientist. I see. Yeah. Oh, cool. And so, you, are you, so you're mainly doing teaching. How long have you been teaching for? I think it's been three years now since mm -hmm. I've been pretty much only doing teaching. Okay. So you really... you kind of your your role developed yeah. or like your interest in computer science developed as the technology developed yeah. you were quite there from the beginning so how how different has it been from when you first started studying it to now like are you constantly having to keep up with it or refresh yourself I mean 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it's a field where there's so much going on that you can't understand everything. So mm. it's almost splitting into smaller and smaller subfields. So today you would make a difference between a theoretical and a practical cryptographer and between a, a symmetric and a public key cryptographer because the field is expanding so much. But there, there's still a lot of foundational research going on in universities around the world. Okay. Yeah. So what made you kind of stop researching and just go primarily into teaching? What what prompted that change? On the one hand, I really like teaching. I always did a bit. I worked as a teaching assistant, as an undergraduate. I worked a bit in, in Bristol just for my, my PhD supervisor. Um, I really liked it. And research... I don't think I actually have what it takes to be a world-class researcher. The kind of coming up with genuinely new ideas and following them through part, I've always found that was really, really difficult and not really very enjoyable. Whereas mm -hmm. teaching every every single lesson you teach, you can mm. usually see a bit of an impact, someone walking out of the room knowing more than they came in with. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really... Yeah, because yeah, I imagine... Mm -hmm kind of innovating is quite yeah. a thankless task like you have one big idea maybe your whole lifetime whereas at least teaching you get to see that yeah. little little bit of impact and who, you're yeah. you're helping create yeah. the future yeah. innovators yeah. right so yeah that's very cool um so uh what's your average day like so you come in from work what do you what do you do what's what does that look like on a day when there's classes during term i come in I check my emails to see if there's anything urgent. Mm -hmm. I, Before every lecture I teach, I go through the materials again quickly myself to plan out the timings and to realize what are the key points and when do I want to stop for a minute to ask people if they've understood everything, check that the slides are in the correct place and so on. If there's lectures, I will then turn up in good time so I can set up the projector and all and give them, if I at all can, I'll stick around for a few minutes at the end mm. to help people with questions. In my role as senior tutor, there'll be often meetings, either because I need to talk to a student about something that I've identified, like them not turning up to exercise classes, mm. or they want to talk to me about anything in the world. Mm -hmm. um, it could be if their units are not going well, it could be something more personal. There are, every week there is at least one kind of administrative meeting, whether it's department or faculty or teaching group. Um, mm -hmm. You get a lot of insight into just how much goes on to run a university. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the evening, I would normally try and get away at a reasonable time mm -hmm. so that I'm fit and rested for the next day. I go home and relax a bit. But how do you relax? Like, if you go home, you don't do anything on a computer. Is that the last thing you want to see? Or do you still do bits at home? Do you, I don't know, do you code for fun or take part in these hackathons yeah. and things like that? I, if I use a computer socially, it's to talk to people I know or to learn mm. something new that I find interesting. There's, it might be something completely not computing related yeah, but yeah, yeah. There, there's material online or I might be watching yeah. Netflix or something but when I'm not using a computer at home I, I've managed to afford a little house in Brislington oh, there is some garden out the back 
and at the moment that's where most of my spare time goes into it's just it's a completely different thing to be taking care of some salad for a change yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. oh so what brought you to Bristol? Do you did your PhD here, right? Yeah. So okay. I I was looking for a PhD. Um, there were some places where you had to write a big personal statement and an app, full application, mm-hmm. and Bristol just had a PhD written out where the topic and pretty much everything was given on the website. So I sent them an email saying, "I'm that thing you've got. I'm interested in that." Yeah. yeah. Um, they invited me over. I gave a quick talk. I talked to my potential supervisor and they told me there was one position and four people interested in it. I was on the way home in the airport. I checked my emails quickly and there was one from my supervisor saying, if you want the position, you've got it. So I had (laughs) half an hour before boarding quickly to decide do I want it or not. And I I decided why not. So I sent it back an email saying, yes, I'll I'll take it. Talk later, my plane is coming. Wow. Wow, yeah. So you just like flew home to pack to fly back again. Right. There were still a few months until it actually started. (laughs) I flew home and my first words were, I think, hello, mum, I've accepted the position. (laughs) See you later. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's really fascinating. So where's home for you? Um, it, it used to be Switzerland. My mm-hmm. parents have moved to England as well now, oh, okay. so they're, they're in Surrey, which is really oh, nice, nice because you can go by train for the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Do you miss Switzerland at all? Do you do you go back yeah. and visit? The thing is, I really don't like flying. That's okay. another reason why a research career isn't for me, because in computer science, everything is so international. The yeah. big conferences every year, there's one in America, there's one that moves around Europe and there's one that moves around Asia. And if you can't fly and show your face there, mm. you're just at, you have a handicap. So um, Switzerland is nice. I, I'm going this summer because a friend is marrying, mm-hmm. um, but I'm really not looking forward to the aeroplane. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not that long a flight. It should no. be okay. But no, it's good that yeah. ev- the main people are in yeah. England, so you don't have to go yeah. anywhere then. Um, so what what is your favourite thing about computer science? If you had to sum it all up with the most brilliant thing about it, what, what is that? I think you can just make things work and change things at, on a really big scale. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you want to do a scientific investigation or run a campaign or pretty much anything else, mm-hmm. at the moment it starts to become big. You need computers to help you just with the everything from the amount of data you have to work on to the amount of planning you have to do. Mm-hmm. And computer science is more and more helping us to kind of run and change the world on a really global scale. Mm. If you are running a small community organization and have an internet presence, you can reach people all around the world. And it makes communities possible focused on interest rather than location. If Mm -hmm. you used to live in a small town, you would need to kind of take whatever that town has to offer. If Nowadays, if there's someone like you living over in Australia, you can video chat with them or collaborate on a project online. What's the biggest thing you think you've done? Like, what's your proudest moment of your career so far? (laughs) My proudest moment is actually nothing to do with my research I did. Um, We had a 
feedback exercise this year run by the Student Society, where the idea is people could say nice things about their favourite lecturers. Mm-hmm. And someone just dropped me the line, thank you for saving my life. Oh. It kind of It kind of makes you think that maybe making an impact is not just about publications and conferences and new ideas found, but yeah. sometimes just helping someone closer to home. That's really nice. Yeah. Oh, that's really lovely. Yeah. This is why you're here. Yeah. That's why we're talking, yeah. because yeah. people think the yes. world of you and yeah. you've changed, a, yeah. I imagine, a lot of people's lives. That's, yeah. that's really lovely. Um, yeah. oh, I'm going to bring a bummer on it now. Yeah. What's the worst thing about computer science? <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's your least favourite thing, I guess, apart from the flying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Um, there are there are people in computer science who, from a young age, have worked themselves up to be kind of world famous. But mm-hmm. they have the attitude that anyone who doesn't understand as much of the subject as they do is kind of not worth talking to. Right. It would be the equivalent in tennis, let's say, mm-hmm. of someone who's been trained up by their mom to hold the racket since they were three years old, mm-hmm. telling a teenager, if you haven't won a national tournament yet, then don't even bother with the sport. Oh. They'd be unfortunate. I mean, I guess you get people like that everywhere, but in computer science, we get people like that with a big mouth and a big profile. And a big ego, yes. by the sound of things, yeah. Yes. Oh, that is a shame, because how are you yeah. going to encourage yeah. future generations? Yes. Like... My, my job as a teacher is to do the exact opposite. It's to say, I'm here because there are people who don't know the whole subject yet, yeah, and yeah. I'm going to teach you. Yeah, exactly. Just, they're not going to be yeah. around forever, so yeah. someone's got to carry the torch, surely. Yeah. Oh, no, that is a shame. Yeah. Um, so what... Are there any common myths or misconceptions about computer scientists or computer science? It's a, like you're yeah, saying, these big yeah, yeah. egos. Yeah, um, yeah I, I'm sure when you said that, we all yeah. could picture someone yes. that we've yeah. heard of. But um, yeah, are there anything else like representations in popular culture? Or I think the thing to remember is computer science has completely reinvented itself Mm -hmm. at least three times Mm -hmm. since it started. It started out as a sub-discipline of mathematics Mm -hmm. and then it became actually uh, for a long time a women's subject. Lots of people don't know that there was a time when computers were as big as a room, that the men were the mechanics and the engineers and the electricians Mm -hmm. and the women were the programmers. And in fact there was a there's an old job advert for women programmers mm-hmm. saying a programmer is the ideal job for a woman with children because in those days programming was done on pen and paper mm-hmm. and the hard intellectual work was a pen and paper job and that was 90% of the work and then the actual turning it into punch cards and putting it on the machine yeah. was the other 10%. So this was a organizations that said if you have a if you're a woman with children Mm. and you want some work that you can do an hour here and an hour there in between other things at home become a programmer oh no i never knew that that's amazing yes and then and then for reasons which i think no one is really clear about (laughs) we reinvented our subject again Mm -hmm. a couple of times and became an engineering discipline um and then 
the internet happened and the cloud and the social networking and artificial intelligence and we are currently once again completely changing what the discipline is about yeah yeah so every misconception you will see is probably based on what computer science was about mm -hmm. a few years ago there was a phase in which the stereotypical male person um, mm -hmm. who sits at home in their room um, coding with between the beer bottle and the pizza and yeah, who is yeah. white as snow because they haven't seen sunshine <laughs> there was a period in which you could make money like that because mm -hmm. the internet was just starting out and anyone who could make one of these fancy new things called a website could earn a lot of money <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you didn't ask too much how they were making it um, nowadays we are computer science is becoming more and more like the next R next to the reading and the writing and the mm -hmm. arithmetic. How you put an R in front of computer science, I still don't <laughs> know. But if you today are running a supermarket, you mm -hmm. will have a data warehouse that tracks everything from which products are going well, in which regions to where all your shipments are, to trying to do predictions about the weather to figure out what when to put umbrellas out up front. Wow. If you are running a large charity, you will be using computing to effectively allocate resources and track campaigns and do resourcing. If you are running a bank, you will be using computers to move all your money around. If you are an airline, you will be using computers to keep track of the state of repair of all your planes and schedule your people and figure out where and when to run campaigns to make the most money. So as a computer scientist, I sometimes tell new people on the open day, pick pretty much any aspect, any sector of industry where you would like to work, I bet there'll be a role for you there that involves computing if you want it. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it covers yeah. everything. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Uh, so what direction do you see computer science taking then? So what, what's the next evolution yeah. of it? How are we going to reinvent yeah. it again? I think the next evolution for me, or what I would like to see, mm -hmm is to make a distinction between the computer scientist as someone whose work is full-time about computer science and the computer user as someone who uses aspects of computer science in their job. Mm -hmm. they, there will always be a small number of people whose job it will be to figure out what we will be doing in 10 years' time and mm -hmm. to think big and think out of the box and all the slogans like that, but the real value of the discipline to the world will be the applications of computing to other things. Mm -hmm. And possibly at some point, we might formally need to split our discipline into computer science and applications of computing. Okay, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. think, because you were saying it was, it was a female-dominated yeah. yeah. and now... Yeah in my yeah, mind, yeah, it's predominantly yeah, male. Yeah. Do you see it, is it still predominantly male or is it a mixture? I mean, I now know the computer scientists yeah, I know, yeah, most yeah, of them are yeah, women, so yeah. that is exciting. But yeah. do you think it's just going to become all-encompassing and inclusive and, yeah? I, I hope that it will become more inclusive. Mm -hmm. um, we are currently, I think, at around 15% women in our undergraduate cohort, yeah. so we're not anywhere close to being there yet. Mm. Um, 
I think there is a lot of hope for disciplines that use computing to become more equal. Um, there are even subjects which are predominantly more female-dominated, like, I don't know, psychology is possibly mm. one. Mm. There will be ways to use computing to process data at scale and possibly so some collaboration is possible. There are areas in computer science still, like design, around the design of user interfaces or human-computer interaction, which are doing a lot better than other areas. Mm. I think processor design, for example, is still one of the even most male subjects among computer science. It's going to be a hard job. I think there's a there's a lot to be said for doing computer science properly from school level onwards. I mean, we have outreach people at the university where some of our students go into a school and teach children to build a little robot and run mm -hmm. it around a maze and things. I kind of hope that it will at some point show its effects. Yeah, that's very interesting. Mm. Yeah, like you were saying yeah. about, yeah. I always think yeah. there should be a crossover because yeah. yeah. as a psychology student, when yeah. I got roped in to yeah. learn how to program yeah. on R, yeah. that's not what I signed up for. I yeah. needed the computer scientists yeah. to come and help me explain how to program things. And yeah. I don't think, I th like as you were saying earlier about yeah. it, it encompasses everything. Yeah. Everyone's going to have to learn some form of computer science yeah. at some point, surely. So yeah. that is, how, how do you think you'll attract people just by kind of saying it's going to be a necessity so everyone's going to have to learn it at some point or do you just I don't know how how do you promote computers what do you say to people when they come on an open day how do you get them to choose your subject <laughs> and, uh, I think it has to start before that by the time someone comes to our stall on open day yeah. the big job is already done I think there's there are things we need to think about about which parts of computing we want to promote to people and about how we think about working conditions. Um, Silicon Valley, for example, which everyone thinks is the kind of prototype of a computer scientist nowadays, despite the fact that a lot of those people there are more of a business background in computer science, and despite the fact that most computer scientists in the world are not in Silicon Valley, <laughs> it has a very particular culture of treating your job as if it were your life. Mm -hmm. um, that is not good for anyone, mm. but I don't think it's helping our equality metrics either. Um, no, that does. I think, but I don't want to go into the stereotype of women are more likely to want to work mm -hmm. part-time and so less suitable for jobs which need a full-time presence. Mm. But I do note that back in the day when computer science was sold as something deliberately meant to be compatible with family life. Mm. It had a lot of higher proportion of women by choice than it does now. I think there should at least be opportunities to work like that and we need to publicize that more. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, yeah I don't, I, I wholeheartedly, yeah. like the point yeah. of my podcast is yeah. kind of yeah. convincing people to love yeah. what they do, but yeah. I don't want yeah. people to love yeah. what they do. Yeah for their whole lives, yeah. 24 hours, seven days yeah. a week, like, yes. you, yeah, no one yes. can... Yes, you should be able to love your 
family, your friends, your hobbies, and your job. Exactly. Yeah, love lots of things <laughs>、yeah. all at the same、yeah. time. Exactly.、Yeah. Um. So, kind of, you mentioned Silicon Valley and that kind of thing.、Yeah. So, I'm going to talk about innovation、yeah. and entrepreneurship.、Yeah. Like, what do those terms mean、yeah. to you? So, innovation is a term which I actually don't like. Okay. Because when someone hasn't really achieved very much. Then you always have the way out of saying it was really innovative. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. And there is also a big in the university. There is a big push to say we need our teaching to be innovative. No、mm-hmm. one has actually explained to me what they mean by that.、Right. My attitude is I want my teaching to be good.、Mm-hmm. If my teaching is good because I'm doing something that was invented twenty years ago and it's still the best method we have, I'll be doing that. Yep. Um, the, um, I think innovation understood properly is about making things better, and it's making things better without breaking other things.、Mm-hmm. If I realise that in a particular unit I can change an exam for a piece of coursework, and the piece of coursework means the students learn more、mm-hmm. and they're happier with it, and they, I can see that they come out of the unit knowing more than before. That's making things better. I'll call that innovation if I have to. Just make, changing a unit for the purpose of saying, "Look, I've made a change to it."、Yep. That is something I'm. It's kind of one of the things I'm trying to fight again. <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't、yeah. fix it. Like... Yes. <laughs> yes. No, that's the the Silicon Valley slogan is something like "Move fast and break things." And I'm <laughs> going. I'm, My job here is not to break things. My job here is to build things. <laughs> That does make sense.、Yes. Awesome. Entrepreneurship. <laughs> I it's it's not really my kind of thing, but、mm-hmm. I understand it as being your own boss,、mm-hmm. having your own ideas, and going out and let them prove themselves in practice.、Mm. I think my favorite example is nothing to do with computer science.、Mm-hmm. There's these suitcases for. Kids called trunkies, which you you can sit on them and you they have wheels and your parent can pull the little kid around. Yeah, yeah. The inventor of that, she asked for funding and everyone said that will never work.、Mm-hmm. Who's going to buy a suitcase with wheels for their kids? They <laughs> went on. She went on Dragon's Den、mm-hmm. and the dragon said, "No, that's never going to work." She somehow launched a product anyway, and now they're everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> she believed in it. Yeah, it's hard work. <laughs> But it's worked out. Tripping people up, airports、yes. all over the world. Yes,、yeah. and th- there is a lot of a lot of way with computing. I mean, just launching an app for something. There's just so many things we we teach us undergraduates in their second year to do a real-ish project with a real client. So、mm-hmm. somewhere there was the environment agency said. We want to do something against people throwing litter in rivers. So、okay. we'd like a mobile phone app where, if you're walking along a river and you see a shopping trolley or whatever, you can take a photo.、Mm-hmm. Your phone has GPS, so it tags the coordinates. We want to upload all that to a database so we can get a picture of where people are reporting things,、mm-hmm. and we can send people out to clean it up. So the fact that everyone has in their pocket these days a device with a screen, a camera,、mm. GPS, voice recording, and Internet、mm-hmm. means you can you can do things live and you can get citizens in to help with connect as volunteers collecting data and doing things yeah, yeah. in a way that would be much harder if you had to 
fill in a postal form and pay for a stamp every time you wanted to report something. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think there's a lot of scope there for digital innovation just mm -hmm. by using the advantages of technology. But I think the important thing for me is the goal you want in the first place has to be a good one. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, so how do you stay kind of up to date and in the loop with things? Do you yeah. subscribe to anything yeah. or do you just hear yeah. about it? Or yeah, how, how do you keep up to date? I read the technology news. There are various aggregator websites where people can submit links to news articles they found interesting and discuss them. There is a local organization called Bristech, which once a month organizes an evening talk on some aspect of technology or computing. I've been a speaker before now. I've been to a few of them. They have an annual conference as well. There are conferences that when they happen to be in my neck of the woods and I find them interesting, mm -hmm. I would go to. Um, there is always just a coffee with other academics yeah, yeah, yeah. in the morning. Um, you and of course the students when it once someone comes to their final project it's a two-way conversation the really good students will go i read about this new technology i'd like to do something with it and i might never have heard of that myself before now but i can look at it and say that looks like a really interesting project yeah, yeah. that's very yeah i guess yeah. everyone it's all collaboration isn't yeah. it and it's all just talking yeah. to each other and um so have you got any Anything exciting coming up in the future? Any interesting projects? Or um, In the short term, I, I want to sort out personal tutoring and student support mm -hmm. in the department and perhaps the school to a point where we all have an understanding of what it's about and how to do it. Mm -hmm. We have, for various reasons, seen a lot of new staff coming and a lot of old staff leaving over mm -hmm. the past years. So we have perhaps a quarter or more of our department are fairly new staff. They, lots of them still are from abroad, so they don't know about the UK system of personal tutoring and of what the different grades mean or just how this university works and what our units do. So I want to kind of get some training and documentation in position that they can learn about what they need to know and do their role effectively. Mm -hmm. I think another thing is in it's a bit of a stereotype, but computer science academics are not necessarily the best at having effective conversations with their students when things are not going well. Okay. Uh, if I can help at all there to improve things a bit, that would be nice too. So you, you care a lot about your students' yeah. well-being. That's, yeah. that's really great. Cause, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a, yeah. we're getting emails all the time about the different well-being services, so... Do you have ideas of what to put in place or are you still kind of in the brainstorming phase of it or are you just trying to pitch in wherever you can? <laughs> I have a lot of ideas within the department mm -hmm. and I have some ideas that I've shared in the Senior Tutor Network before now. I think the well-being and residential life services are doing an absolutely marvellous job at the moment. Mm. There are still one or two details to iron out, like the communication between senior tutors and residential life mm -hmm. and the idea of sorting out who has the overall responsibility for an individual student in a crisis. But these are things we just need to sit down at some point and talk about. But I've heard from 
so many students that the amount of support they get and the fact that there is someone professionally trained there for them throughout the night if need be is just making a huge difference. That's really good to hear. Mm. Yeah, I think when you have so many students yeah. and you're responsible for so yeah. many, it must be such a hard job. Yeah. And it's it's great to see the, the steps the university yeah. are taking. And yeah. it's awesome that you're getting involved with yeah. it even. Um, thank you. That's all my questions. I mean, yeah. is there anything else you wanted to tell me about? Anything you want people to know? Or if you're trying to, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. telling people about loving what they do. Is there yeah. anything we've missed that you're like, this is why I love it? I think there's two little things I want to mention. Mm-hmm. The first thing is about the, the media has a particular attraction to Bristol University around mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, there is indeed a huge mental health crisis in this university, but it's not just Bristol. Mm-hmm. It, we've done statistics on number of students needing support, number of students with severe crisis, and we've compared them to other universities because everyone is doing that, and we are absolutely average. We mm-hmm. got a bit that is not an excuse to relax and say we're not any worse than anyone else, mm-hmm. and we are with well-being and residential life doing a lot of things. Mm. But the next time the papers try and sell it as a Bristol problem, mm. um, just remember that it's not only us. Um, The second thing I want to share is that the most useful parts of being taught as an undergraduate for me and the best help I got was when after some official thing had ended a few people just stayed back for five minutes. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we went in the exercise class for all the official parts, some people left Mm -hmm. and on the way out I asked the TA, can I just have a couple more of your minutes to talk about something that interests me? And those were the most interesting parts of all. And it's something I really try as much as I can to replicate in my teaching, to make space for one-on-one or small group conversations with no set agenda, where Mm. people can talk about something that might not be related to my unit at all, but I can try and have a conversation with them on that. I just want to encourage everyone where you have those opportunities, take them. If there are office hours, go to them. If your exercise class finishes five minutes early, ask the TA if you have any question about anything. It's those little things like that where the really big learning happens. Yeah, because there's a lot of pressure to, I know, especially where you do a module and you're like, this isn't what I want to, this isn't what my passion is. So yeah, to be given that room to talk about it must be very beneficial. That's Brilliant. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Um, do you have any where people can find out more about you? Do you have like a Twitter or yeah. Instagram or anything like that? Just the computer science department? I have a Facebook page mm-hmm. and I will accept friend requests from anyone, including students. Okay. I use Messenger a lot, but I tend to only look at Facebook itself every now and then. Mm-hmm. But drop me a friend request or drop me a message if you want to contact me I'll be on it as soon as I can (laughs) I've kind of I've never really got into Instagram and Twitter and all of that no that's fine well perfect thank you so much I knew nothing about computer science so I've learned a lot and you seem that you love you do love what you do and 
that sounded like a cheesy yeah. sign off but no yeah. you do you do sound like that so thank, thank you, you so much there you go episode one done i hope you enjoyed it as much as i enjoyed talking to david um please let us know what you think on twitter at lwyd underscore uob as david said you can also add him on facebook he will be happy to take your friend request um and stay tuned for episode two Thanks for listening. Bye.